Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20. The 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. It's time to bring back a return guest. It's a yearly ritual that he comes on the show usually before the draft, to talk about some of the players that are in the draft that the Jets could get, and then after the draft to help us evaluate from a data perspective how the Jets did in the draft. This is his fifth year coming on the show. He's one of the longest-lasting guests, so I guess that means that he enjoys coming on the show. Either that or he's a masochist and hates me but won't tell me. Either way, he's back for the fifth straight year. Jim Coburn of All Pro Football Data, who is going to help us understand all the data behind a lot of these prospects and what makes them likely or not so likely to succeed in the NFL. Jim, thanks for coming back on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me back on again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a little bit of ritual for me as well come on the show. I've always looked forward to talking to you this time of year, Jim, because you have a different perspective than other people. People can watch the tape. They can listen to podcasts or watch TV shows or videos with people who are former scouts or who are experts in the field. But one thing that you do that these other people don't is you put together straight numbers and help us understand from that perspective how likely it is that these prospects are going to become quality players or even better than that, Pro Bowl and All-Pro type players. So before we get started, can you quickly rehash exactly what your formula is for putting these numbers together sure well uh, i mean every formula is different of course but the basic thing that i do is i take the production data of a player so at the quarterback position uh production is usually measured with touchdown to interception ratio which determines how risky a, a player is in terms of you know if they throw more interceptions than touchdowns then those players statistically speaking don't do as well in the nfl uh which makes sense because if you're throwing picks all the time 
uh, you're not going to win very many football games. I think a lot of Jets fans know that. Uh, and, and of course, completion percentage uh, is another metric uh, if you compare it to other players in the past um, that deals with a, a quarterback's efficiency. And I think the way the NFL keeps going is it, keep, it keeps going towards that high efficiency type play. There definitely have been quarterbacks in the past that didn't need to have a high completion percentage to do really well in the NFL. Uh, basically the Hail Mary type guys, you know, the, the big strong arm guys, you throw those 99 yard bombs down the field uh, and just run the football a lot. But the NFL is kind of going away from that. So it's becoming much more of an efficiency game and not turning the football over. Uh, and then, of course, at other positions, like at the running back position, you're looking at like workhorse metrics, which I think some people call it the dominator rating uh, workhorse dominator uh, everybody has their own term for it but all it is is just it just determines how much of an impact this running back have on his team from a statistical standpoint did he make up a large share of the offense did he make up a low share of the offense and then you just look at every single running back in the past to see okay every guy who was an all pro player like an Emmett Smith or a Walter Payton or any great running back you've ever heard of hit these particular numbers, where does this guy stack up? And data really does a good job of kind of separating to see what on paper these great players had versus previous players. And in many ways, it's I, I think the best comparison I usually give for it is a scout is going to look at a player on film and determine if this is going to be a good player or not. There's nothing wrong with watching a player's film to determine if they're good or not. I think you definitely need to have that as part of your evaluation. But I do think you do need to have the other data aspects of it because I think it gives context to how that player is great or at the very least gives you confirmation on what you saw in film about him that, hey, he's great on film. And based on the numbers, he stacks up with all the other great players, Hall of Fame players in the past. Um, and then, of course, the, the defensive positions, you're looking at things like uh, sack market share, solo tackle market share, which, again, is just how much of an impact did they have on that defense? Were they a large portion of tackles on that team, a large portion of the sacks on that team, or were they not? Were they just sort of a rotational player who had some highlights here or there but never really put it all together to play uh, a really big impact on that team? So, and of course, other positions kind of hit that way, but that's really what the data is. Uh, every position is a little bit different. I can get into the nuances a little bit when we get to each position, mm -hmm. but all it is is just what the data says about them from production standpoint. And of course, athleticism, which is the combine and stuff like that, which is what I think most people think of when they think of uh, analytics and data is like combine. But I think there's more to data than just how fast they run in shorts, you know? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Jim, let's start at the edge rusher position because that's one that the Jets have had a lot of trouble with. For over 15 years now There's some pretty good prospects in this draft Some that could be considered at number 4 or number 10 Some that could be considered a little bit later on We know who the top names are Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon Trevon Walker, who's a bit of a hybrid out of Georgia Jermaine Johnson from Florida State George Karloftis from Purdue I'm not going to list every single one of them. You get the idea. But can you run through the data on the pass rushers for me? And then can you also give us some pro comparisons based on guys that you've evaluated using the data in the past so we get an idea of who the measuring stick is for each of these guys? Sure. Uh, Well, I think, first of all, you have to start with Aiden uh, Hutchinson. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of have him pegged as the the number one overall player uh, possibly to be drafted this year. Uh, Very good production. Uh, in terms of solo tackle market share, sack market share, tackle floss market share. And in terms of athleticism traits, that's the one area where he doesn't do as well. He kind of has average speed for his size and average explosiveness. Uh, But he does profile very similar to guys like Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa. Um, Those are guys that when you look at their athleticism testing, they were much better in terms of flexibility uh, testing, which is a short shuttle on the three counts. So they have great balance for their size. They're not very, they're not elite explosive or elite or have elite speed, but they do have elite bend. You know, they're able to keep their balance, keep their feet. And that's a very important trait when it comes to pass rushers, you know, that ability to kind of out leverage um, offensive tackles to the quarterback. Uh, other guys, of course, you mentioned Georgia, you know, Carl Loftus from Purdue. He's been getting a lot of buzz recently, and based on his athleticism traits and his production traits, his profile is very similar to Justin Tuck. Uh, I know some New York Jets fans might be familiar with him, you know, playing on the Giants mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, the Super Bowl runs they had. Uh, but he's very similar to him size-wise. He's about 6'4", 266, uh, has good length. And in terms of his overall data profile, he just really shows out in terms of those uh, different metrics. Uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau from Oregon um, is another guy that I know there has been some concerns about taking place off and kind of the combine definitely was kind of bizarre where he kind of said he was going to do all the drills and then he showed up and just did the 40 and then packed up and left. And I think there was some kind of controversy with that, you know, because you tell everybody you're going to do everything and then you just do a couple things and then you pack up and you leave. But, he has a production. 
he has a good, great speed score. And based on all those other things, I think he's definitely somebody who you want to take in the first round if you are going to take a guy like that in that sort of area. Other pass rushers in this class, because this is definitely a very good pass rusher class if you're trying to find guys like that. Um, Drake uh, Drac Jackson from USC is someone who has decent production metrics, good athleticism profile in terms of near elite explosiveness and flexibility for his size and profiles kind of similar to sort of mid-tier pass rushers um, in the NFL. Um, so if you're talking about just guys that, that just kind of get it done, uh, like a Harold Landry, for example, is kind of an example for like Drake Jackson. So not a guy that you're going to say is going to put up like a top 10 or top five type season, but just kind of gets it done in terms of all those different metrics. Um, David uh, Ojabo from Michigan, uh, who's sort of the teammate of Hutchinson. He's a guy who has great all around, uh, you know, production, those other sort of traits and also athleticism. Um, he's another guy that I definitely would consider uh, drafting uh, probably first round. I mean, he may end up in the second round, but definitely uh, he's a first round talent based on his athleticism traits. And I think another guy that a lot of people have been buzzing about is boy uh, May uh, from Minnesota, excuse me. Uh, he's someone who has all the production traits you're looking for, great athleticism traits, great explosiveness, great speed for his size. Not the most flexible player, which I think was sort of the concern based on his pro day, but you can definitely see how he's going to be used in the NFL. Um, and very kind of Jadavian Clowney-like in terms of his athleticism traits. So there's a lot of really good pass rushes in this draft class. And I think that if you get a guy in day two, I think day two you're going to have a lot of options in terms of what happens. I don't think they're going to take every single one of them. They may, though. There may be five, six, maybe even seven pass rushers taken in the first round this year. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, you're definitely going to have a chance to get a decent one at the top of, the, of uh, day two. Jim, let's move from edge rusher to the secondary now because the Jets certainly have holes there. They did sign Jordan Whitehead to play strong safety. They signed DJ Reed to play cornerback. But we know that Brandon Eccles and Bryce Hall are not necessarily penciled in at the other cornerback spot. And at free safety, they've got LaMarcus Joyner, who's 32 years old and coming off a major injury. So there's nobody that's guaranteed that position either. Talk to me about... The top guys at corner and safety, we know about Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley Jr., Trent McDuffie, Kyle Hamilton, guys like that. And break down their data scores and some of the pro comparisons for me, please. Sure. Uh, well, when you look at the cornerback class, just starting with cornerbacks, there are a lot of really de decent options at that position data-wise. I think the biggest thing when it comes to cornerbacks is you're looking at solo tackle market share, which is how much of the defense they made up in terms of tackling uh, and uh, and specifically solo tackling. So no assists. Uh, can they tackle a guy in space? That's really important in terms of cornerback position, because if you can't tackle a guy in space, then you better have really good safeties that can uh, clean up your mistakes. Uh, and then, of course, pass deflection market share. Uh, which has shown to be more indicative of, of a cornerback's ability to make plays on the ball in the air. Uh, some people look at interception market share. When I ran data on interceptions at the cornerback position, uh, 
there was not as strong of a correlation to long-term success. And there actually was a lot of cornerbacks who didn't have that many interceptions in college, who went on to have a ton in the NFL. So I think that it's one of those things where I don't really pay attention to interceptions in college just because they're kind of inconsistent, but can you get your, your hands on the ball? Can you make plays? Can you uh, do those types of things? Those are things that guys like Darrell Revis was really good at when he was at Pittsburgh um, and also was really good in terms of solo tackle market sharing those other sort of marks. So when you look at this class in terms of those particular metrics and data, guys like Martin Emerson from Ole Miss is probably a guy who's sort of a, a lower, you know, probably day two kind of area for him. Um, but he did really well in terms of those particular metrics, probably the best in the class, um, especially against really tough competition and has the length that you're looking for as well uh, with 33.5 inch arm length, which arm length is not the biggest deal in the world, but all pro cornerbacks, pretty much every single multiple all pro cornerback since 1999 had at least 32 inch arm length. Uh, so again, you're talking about guys like Darrell Rebus, Champ Bailey, uh, of course, uh, Nambi Asamoah, it's probably like a, a deep cut kind of hit there. Uh, but those are guys, they had really good arm length. And of course, Richard Sherman, I mean, because I, mean, I know people can't hear enough about Richard Sherman, but yeah, he, he had really good uh, arm length. But Emerson comes out in terms of that. Uh, Derek Stingley from LSU doesn't quite have the length, but does have the production. Um, he's another guy that I've seen in the top 10 kind of area of uh, – mock drafts and those types of things. And I think he is someone who I think could be a good player. The jury's kind of out because of athleticism tra- uh, testing is not really there for him yet, but he definitely is someone I think could have a good chance of being um, a really good long-term starter or better. Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska tested really well in terms of production and had a 93.03 out of a hundred speed score. Uh, typically, cornerbacks it depends on what you want them to do if you want them to be a man corner you want them to run fast if you don't want them to be a man corner if you want them to be a zone corner you want them to have good balance so you want them to have really good short shuttle three cone and you want them to have really good explosiveness you can kind of make up for speed in certain schemes but if you want a man corner you want a guy where you're just like all right this guy's going to shut this wide receiver out for the rest of the game they have to have speed and that's one thing that cam taylor Britt has is that speed and a couple other guys probably the last guy i'll mention is terry castro fields from penn state another guy really great speed score 88.49 out of 100 and based on his production he was decent not great but definitely has the numbers you're looking for sort of a day two pick and to get to sauce gardner i know a lot of people have talked about him possibly going to the jets uh, there's been uh, a contingent of people that want him to go there and he does have good length. He's, you know, he's has 33 and a half inch arm length. Uh, he's six foot three, 190 pounds and ran a four, four, one, which is you know good. But when you look at his production data, he's below average. He had a 26.90 in terms of solo tackle market share, a 44.95 out of 100 in terms of pass deflection market share. And when you add those up, there really have only been two cornerbacks since 1999 who had that type of production who went on to become a long-term starter. One of them was Terrell Brown um, from Texas, which 
again, I, your listeners might be too young for him. I, I'm old enough for him, but he was, you know, good, but not great. Carlos Rogers is another cornerback, kind of an old school kind of name again. But that's my only question with Sauce Gardner is the production just isn't quite there. He is an athletic, potentially, because that's the thing. He only ran the 40. He didn't do the vertical in the, in the broad jump. He didn't do the short shuttle in the three cone. And those are definitely very important at the position. You look at Darrell Revis, go look at his short shuttle and three cone. Excellent. Go look at any number of really great cornerbacks who are great man corners. They had the great short shuttle three cone. And if you look at guys who didn't really pan out as well, like Justin Gilbert, for example, who um, of course was drafted by the Browns. Um, he didn't have a very good short shuttle three cone. That's why he didn't do it at the combine. He waited until his pro day. So those are kind of the issues with Sauce Gardner. I know there's a lot of buzz about him. He has the size. He has the length. He has those types of things. But I think he would be much more happier with a guy like Martin Emerson from Ole Miss who has the size, has the length, is not quite as fast, but great production against tough competition at Ole Miss versus Gardner, who again played at Cincinnati. Now, of course, they did play in the college football playoffs, but he's not exactly somebody who played against SEC competition every single week. So those are kind of the question marks with a guy like him. And when you go to the safety class, this class is very decent. Uh, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, I think, is a guy that a lot of people have talked about and buzzed about. Great size, of course. Again, 6'4", 220, has – Really good production marks uh, with 90 percentile in terms of silver tackle and interception market share. He pretty much profiles to like a, uh, a Troy Palomalo in terms of his production. But his athleticism doesn't quite meet Palomalo standards. 59.40 in terms of his speed score and 69.06 in terms of flexibility for his size. But he's just a classic strong safety type in terms of his production and in terms of his athleticism traits. I don't know how exactly that's going to turn out in the NFL, at least the modern day NFL. Like I think Kyle Hamilton would be a much better player in like the 1990s and the 1980s than he would today, because he doesn't quite have that elite level athleticism that you want at the, at the safety position. But I do think there's enough here that he could be a potentially elite safety if a team knows how to use him and doesn't expose him in coverage. Because again, if you, if you put Kyle Hamilton against a wide receiver that runs four, three with no help, he might struggle a little bit in that situation. And that's just the sort of issues with a guy like him um, is how, how important is a strong safety in today's NFL versus a free safety. Uh, and then of course you have Marquise Bell, out of Florida A&M. He had good production traits as well with good athleticism traits. Uh, Daxton Hill from Michigan, another name just to kind of throw out there that had sort of all the numbers you're looking for in terms of uh, the safety position. And I think the last guy that I'll mention is uh, Bubba Bolden from Miami who had good production traits with decent athleticism traits overall. But I would say the cornerback in the safety class is – Good. I see some guys who potentially could be elite. That's the biggest thing. I think Kyle Hamilton does have 
the sort of traits on paper to be elite. I just kind of wonder about his liabilities in terms of speed at the NFL level. He's someone you want to keep in the slot, keep in the box, not somebody that you want to expose against really, really fast wide receivers. Jim, let's talk about linebackers and interior defensive linemen. There doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency at linebacker for the Jets, but they really do need help there. They've got C.J. Mosley, but this is most likely the final year that he's going to be here just based on his age and the amount of money he's making. They've got guys like Quincy Williams, and they drafted a couple of players last year, but they don't have anyone established at the position that's an entrenched starter besides Mosley, who's a short-term fix at this point. Talk to me a little bit about some of the guys that stood out to you when you were looking at your data scores. And also, same thing on the interior defensive line. The Jets don't have a pressing need there, but they did have problems stopping the run last year. They made some additions in the offseason, but Robert Sala loves to rotate guys at that spot, so you can never have enough depth there. Sure. Well, starting at the linebacker position, I think the names to kind of throw out there as guys who could potentially be elite uh, are players such as Devin Lloyd uh, from uh, Utah. Uh, Damon Clark from LSU is another guy that had really good production traits. He had a 98.05 out of 100 in terms of his solo tackle market share, which is in that all-pro area in terms of linebackers. Linebacker is a very simple position. The best linebackers, so you talk about guys like Patrick Willis, guys like Luke Keekley, guys like Ray Lewis, any great uh, – Navarro Bowman is another guy. Any great linebacker that you can think of, Brian Urlacher, in the last 20-plus years who was elite at that position had extremely high solo tackle market share. Uh, they didn't necessarily have to be the best in coverage. They didn't necessarily need to be the best in terms of, like, pass deflections or – getting interceptions or getting sacks or stuff like that, but they needed to be able to get to the ball uh, consistently uh, overall. Um, and that's the sort of thing that I look at in terms of a guy like Damon Clark, great data in terms of that perspective, uh, near elite explosiveness, near elite speed with good flexibility traits. I think he's, he's a guy that could be a very good linebacker on the inside. Uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming, Another guy, great production traits, great athleticism traits, not quite as fast as Clark, but definitely has those sort of traits you're looking for. Trey Anderson out of Montana, uh, Montana State is somebody that I think a lot of people are really excited about. And I think because of where he played, he could be that guy that goes day two, day three, who could be a really great long-term starter for you because he has that really great athleticism. He's one of the more athletic uh, linebackers in this draft class with really good production. The only problem is he played at Montana State. And sometimes you see guys like that in the draft where you go, okay, I don't want to be too – I don't want to turn off my brain per se because, you know, again, it would be crazy to take a guy like that in the first round. But if you get to that day two area, you get to that day three area, you look at your board and you go, okay, I got a bunch of people that are probably going to be backups. Now it's time to take a chance on a guy – like Troy Anderson, who does have that question mark from being from a small school, but does have all the traits you're looking for to be really, really great at the NFL level based on his physical traits, his athleticism, and his production. Uh, Leo Chanel from uh, Wisconsin, 
great size. I think if you're running a 3-4 defense, he has the sort of size to hold up against interior run uh, plays. And great production, great athleticism. Trace, he had a 99.29 out of 100 in terms of explosiveness for his size. So I think he would be just an ideal candidate. Again, if you're looking for that big, you know, large uh, James Ferrier type uh, inside linebacker in a 3-4 defense, you got a guy like Leo Chanel that could definitely hit, you know, fit the bill in terms of those different things. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez from Oklahoma State, more of a will linebacker type, uh, if you will. But another guy that I think has the, the size, the athleticism, those different t- types of traits to kind of hold up really well at the position. And then, of course, just to mention kind of a couple other guys, uh, Jake Sanborn from Wisconsin, another guy that had really good uh, production traits and could definitely fit that bill. Micah McFadden, uh, Zacoby McLean uh, from Auburn, another guy that kind of hits all the sort of traits you're looking for. But if I'm the Jets, again, if I'm the Jets over here, I would definitely consider a guy like Damon Clark and I think Leo Chanel in day two. I don't really know what the hype is like because, you know, again, mock drafts change and ebb and flow all, all the time. But I think if you end up in day two and you're the Jets and you want to improve your ability to stop the run, I think Chanel could definitely fit that bill for you in terms of improving the inside and the interior defense for you. And could be probably – he might surprise a lot of people. Because, again, he's not just a run stuffer. He could do everything. He could go sideline to sideline. Um, he can cover in space and can definitely hold up against the run. So he kind of does a little bit of everything for you. And in terms of the interior defense alignment, I think this is a good class in terms of uh, no cycle prospects, three, four DNs. If I'm the Jets, and again, I'm and I'm in day two, I don't think there's any – defensive linemen I think that's the biggest thing about this class in terms of interior defense linemen is it's not exactly a class that has elite level defensive talent so I don't really see that many pro bowlers or all pro players out of this particular draft class but if you're the Jets you're in day two day three look at a guy like DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M he has the size and length traits you're looking for at the 3-4-D in position with just enough athleticism to kind of fit that mold, if you will, of what you're looking for in terms of those particular traits. And then Travis Jones out of Connecticut is another guy who has great athleticism traits with the ability to to hold up in a 3-4 defense um, for you guys. So I would say those would be the two guys I'd be looking at. The rest of the class is kind of a wishy-washy kind of mishmash of different guys. I know Jordan Davis gets a lot of hype. You know, he's, he's big, he's six foot six, he's 341 pounds. He ran a four, seven, eight 40, which is great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But his production at Georgia was below average. And uh, when you look at great nose tackles over the last 20 years, guys like Vince Wilfork, guys like Holote Nata, um, those guys, Don Tari Poe even. And I know, Dontari Poe got the sort of production knock as well, but Poe was in the high 70s in terms of his production traits of the no sacrifice position. Jordan Davis is below average, so you kind of wonder, like, how is a guy that's this athletic below average? And I know a lot of people want to talk about the scheme and the scheme and the scheme and the scheme. Well, the scheme held him back. The scheme did this. The scheme did that. But, again, 
at the defensive position, once that ball gets snapped, it's it you, you're reacting in many ways. As a defensive player, you're going to get the football, and he just didn't get he didn't get to the football as much as you would like for a guy that athletic and, and that big. So those are sort of question marks with him, but that's the sort of general idea with the interior defensive line class. Probably hold off until day two, day three. There are some guys in this class that can be starters, but I wouldn't put a high value on this particular draft class in terms of those players. Jim, we talked about the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, offensive line, both the interior offensive line and the tackle spots. The Jets have their best offensive line on paper in quite a while, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't make some moves. There are some questions for the long term. George Fant is coming off an injury, and he's in the last year of his contract. Makai Becton is coming back from an injury. Connor McGovern, the center, is going into the final year of his contract. So there's some maneuverability on that offensive line and certainly some options for them in this draft. Take us through them, please. Well, in terms of the offensive line class, there's the, there's a lot of great athletes in this particular draft class at the uh, offensive line. I would say I would highly target guards and tackles. Um, if you're looking for someone in the more of the speed of the Jets, because, again, I don't think the Jets are really going to go after uh, a tackle or a guard in the first round. Um, it would, I, I mean, they could, but I just don't see that as in their wheelhouse. I really think they're going to go for more of a splashy kind of play. But in that particular area, Chris Paul out of Tulsa is very explosive, elite speed, elite flexibility for his size, and as someone that is someone that who can kind of fit, can potentially pay tackle as well. And I think if you're looking for a versatile, really athletic um, guard slash tackle type, uh, Chris Paul definitely fits the bill. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa has the size and athleticism traits you're looking for in terms of uh, elite to near elite tackle. Great speed, great flexibility for his size and hits all the sort of marks you're looking for at the particular position. Um, Zach Tom from Wake Forest is probably the most athletic offensive lineman in this particular draft class. Another guy that can kind of play either or you could kick him out to tackle. Uh, you could put him inside. Um, you can, you could basically do a lot with him. And I think there's a lot of great things that you can do with him in terms of that. Um, Wan, uh Wanu from North uh, Carolina state is somebody who I think is more in the first round conversation. I mean, again, he, he might end up being a top 10 pick, but he is, someone that I think could possibly drop to day two. Uh, and if he does, he's another guy that I think you can kind of look at and kind of uh, get some things going with him. Uh, the center class is kind of a mishmash of different players overall. I would say Dawson Deaton, if you were going to take a center in this particular draft class in day two, I think Deaton has the sort of traits you're looking for. Uh, to kind of uh, fit that sort of mold, if you will. He, he, he very profiles very similar to like a Pouncey type, you know, the Pouncey brothers in terms of his athleticism traits and kind of what he brings to the table in terms of size and those different kind of things, uh, different kind of things. But 
this is a good offensive line class. I mean, there's, there's a ton of names to really mention, but again, if you're talking about the top guys, the guys that I would want the Jets to, to consider targeting and go with all the guys are pretty much mentioned in terms of those, uh, those players, probably the last, probably the last guy, the last guy I'll mention. It's Cole, uh, Cole Strange out of uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Great athleticism traits, uh, high sort of 90 percentile in terms of speed and flexibility for his size. And again, as a guy that because of where he played, you get a discount on him. Because again, if he had played anywhere else but Tennessee, Chattanooga, if he played at Tennessee, he most likely would be going in a higher uh, round. So I think there is a lot of potential for the Jets to come out of this draft class in day three uh, and even day two with a lot of really athletic uh, offensive linemen, which is what you want. Because based on the data, I know offensive line coaches hate it, and I know I get some flack on Twitter sometimes from uh, people who go, well, you know, athleticism doesn't matter on the offensive line. And then when you look at all the starters in the NFL on the offensive line, they're all above average athletes. And then when you look at the best players of the position, they're all elite athletes. So athleticism does matter in offensive line. So it's, it's best if you try to start with getting it, you know, narrowing down the list to above average athletes, and then you can let the film dictate whether or not they have the ability to play that position um, despite all these sort of other question marks, if you will. Jim, before we get to pass catchers, let's talk about running backs. The Jets are probably not going to take one on day one, but they could take one on day two, perhaps in the third round, and certainly it's a strong possibility on day three. There are a lot of quality running backs in this draft. I'm specifically a big fan of Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. You've got Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, Brees Hall from Iowa State, There's Tyler Algier, Zach Wilson's old friend from BYU, a whole host of others. Talk to me about the running backs in this class, what your data showed, and some of the pro comparisons. Well, in terms of running backs in this class, I think this has the potential to be a elite to near elite running back class. I think there's a lot of really great athletes in this class at the running back position, and I think the production definitely matches up to that. But five players that I definitely think the Jets should consider. I think Brees Hall, now to be completely honest with you, I don't know if he's going to go in the first round. It's, it's possible. I mean, it's, it's very likely he's going to go in the first round. But if for whatever reason the NFL goes, all right, we're not taking running backs in the first round. Because historically speaking, running back is one of those positions where you – if you miss on the position, then you you really you, you kind of don't really look that well, especially if you take a guy really, really high. I think that's the biggest thing. If you take a running back in the bottom half of the first round, people kind of forget about that if they don't do well. But if you take one in like the top 10 or the top 15 and they don't do well, I mean, again, you're going to have issues. But Brees Hall, based on his athleticism, based on his production, he should be considered – a top 10 talent at the running back position. It's just that that position has become devalued to the point where those guys end up in day two. But I think he is someone that the Jets should still consider drafting and kind of implementing with everything because he hits those sort of marks that you're looking for in terms of that. 
Um, another guy that I think a lot of people are really big fans of is Kenneth Walker, the third or Kenny Walker, the third from Michigan state. Uh, I know he prefers Kenneth, but, uh, he's someone that athleticism wise, great in terms of speed for his size and those other sort of metrics. And I would consider him to be, when I look at him on film specifically, he reminds me of like an Adrian Peterson type in terms of just his physicality at the position and those other sort of things. But the only question mark with him is his passing yardage uh, market share at the running back position. Um, he's very much like a Beanie Wells type in terms of that. And I know there's going to be question marks, and that could be something that kind of drops into day two. But if I'm the Jets, I get Kenny Walker all day long. You know, again, if, if you're talking about day two area, Kenneth Walker definitely kind of fits the bill in terms of what you want at the running back position because he's just a great pure running back from that perspective. Um, Rashad White from Arizona State, if you want a pass catching back, you know, somebody who's in the mold of like a DeMarco Murray, I think would probably be the best sort of comparison for him. Um, he kind of fits the mold in terms of that ability to kind of catch the football, the backfield, the high level, um, can run the football, can kind of do everything that you want a running back to do from that perspective. Um, the fourth guy to mention is Kevin Harris out of South Carolina. He's somebody that has had somewhat of an injury history, but if you go back to the 2020 film and you look at what he was able to accomplish then and you look at his athleticism traits, he's somebody that I think could be a, a really good sort of long-term starter. And then the last guy that I'll mention uh, is, again, Tyler you know, Algier from BYU, um, somebody that has – good production, um, good athleticism traits, just a solid all-around running back. I think it would be nice if he got reunited um, with Zach Wilson. And I think in terms of the overall picture of this running back class, I think Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker III, and Rashad White have potential to be Pro Bowl to all pro running backs at the next level based on their athleticism traits and based on the production traits. And the rest of the class is good but I think you you have to kind of you know temper your expectations a little bit. But again, if you have three running backs in the class that have Pro Bowl potential, you're you're doing really well. You know they may not end up meeting that potential, but you have a great chance to do really well if you are able to to find a guy like that in day two. Which I think there's definitely a possibility for the Jets in that in that uh, area. Jim, last but not least, let's talk about the pass catchers in this draft because they are of particular interest to the New York Jets and their fans. As we know, the Jets have been very aggressive in their pursuit of a number one type wide receiver. As of now, they haven't been able to pull that off, but they're going to be looking for one at some point in the draft. May not be in the first round. It could be in the second or third round. There are a lot of good receivers here, and I wanted to know about the data scores for them and which ones project to be that possible number one wide receiver based on the data that you have, and also tight end. It's not as pressing a need now because the Jets did sign Tyler Conklin and C.J. Ozama, but it is very possible that they draft another tight end. Talk to me about the pass catchers here and what your data reveals. Give me some pro comps too, if you could, please. Sure. Uh, well, in terms of uh, the wide receivers in this draft class, if you look at the overall data and everything, um, production matters. Athleticism is not the biggest deal, though. I think a lot of people make a big deal about athleticism at the wide receiver position, and I think they typically miss when they do that uh, because most of the time a wide receiver just needs to have one above average trait. 
if they're above average in speed or above average in explosiveness or above average in flexibility for their size, which is like a Wes Welker would be kind of the flexibility type wide receiver, you know, balance basically. Those are sort of the guys that, that kind of do well if they have those sort of traits, if they have the production and they have, uh, you know, at least one really good athleticism trait. And I think the first guy I really want to mention um, to Jets guys is uh, Khalil Shakur uh, from Boise State. Um, he's someone who had great production, uh, great athleticism traits of above average speed for his size. And he, he very much resembles like Stefan Diggs in terms of his size, in terms of what he did in, at the collegiate level in production and his athleticism traits. And just like Stefan Diggs, who was a, you know, a fifth round uh, pick, I think Shakur, uh, Shakur uh, kind of hits that sort of area in terms of being a guy who probably won't go day two, but will probably end up in day three. And I think if you're the Jets, you look at a guy like that at the, in at least the fourth round, fifth round, you go, yeah, let's, let's take him. And I think he's, he could be a really good, uh, complimentary wide receiver to potentially like, again, a Stefan Diggs, the number one wide receiver on your team, um, you know, to kind of be that guy. He definitely has a sort of trace to do that. Um, Traylon Burks from Arkansas is somebody that I think I'll, I'll gets a lot of hate for whatever reason. I don't really know why he kind of reminds me of like Juju Smith Schuster because Juju coming out of USC had consistent production, had a great age, and when he when he uh, came out, there was sort of like a kind of a hate for him. And, you know, people kind of don't like him now either for whatever reason. But he can be a really productive wide receiver for you. So I think Burks is just that guy that, uh, you know, he's, he's he may not ever really be an elite wide receiver. But if you're talking about a guy that, you know, to give him the ball and, you know, basically let him break tackles and and uh, and kind of do that type of thing, you know, and sort of a a West coast type of offense, um, kind of like a Debo Samuel type role. I think he could fit that role really well, um, in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, great athleticism traits, good production traits, a guy that probably ended up being a day two pick as well. Um, Jahan, uh, Dotson from Penn state is, I believe criminally underrated. Uh, he did not have the best combine, but, he definitely profiles very similar to like a Jarvis Landry where don't be surprised if this guy ends up getting a thousand yards every single season uh, because he just is really productive. He doesn't have great athleticism overall, but he has enough athleticism to kind of get the job done from that kind of perspective. David Bell from Purdue would be another guy that I think uh, could be like a Sidney Rice type in terms of his production and athleticism traits. It could really get a lot of things done for you. Uh, Jamison Williams is probably going to be in the first round conversation. I know a lot of people have him as like a, a top 10 pick. That remains to be seen. But I think the Jets may not end up targeting him just because, uh, again, he's he's probably going to go high. I would not be surprised if they did end up drafting him. But I think that there are – you know, I, I think there, the way this wide receiver class looks is – there's not really a lot of elite wide receivers in this particular draft class. I know some people say there are. Um, we still have yet to really see how Drake London from USC kind of tests. But there are a lot of really good options uh, in terms of 
just good wide receivers. So I think there's a lot of good to decent starting wide receivers in this receivers in this draft class, but I don't necessarily think this is like an elite wide receiver draft class in terms of that makes any sense. And then going to the tight end position, there are not a lot of options to say the least. There's a lot of solid guys. I think if the Jets were to draft like a Peyton Hendershot from Indiana, he's a solid sort of blocking tight end. Austin Allen from Nebraska, again, another solid inline blocking tight end. So if you want to get some excitement, Daniel Bellinger from uh, San Diego State kind of hits the sort of marks you're looking for. And if you want to go late seventh round, sixth round sort of area, you might take a shot at Andrew Ogletree from Youngstown. Um, He's someone who has good production, good athleticism traits, but is definitely a developmental guy. I think Andrew Ogletree could end up being like a Julius – Julius Thomas type player who will probably not break out until year three, year four. But if you develop them, you give them the time to kind of grow and marinate, you can end up getting a really, really great uh, receiving tight end at the next level. But there's really not a whole lot of excitement at the tight end position. So, but I would say those are kind of what you're looking at in terms of wide receivers and tight ends. I think there's a lot of solid guys in this draft class but there's not really any elite guys in this draft class, which is why, again, if I was the Jets, I would probably go for more of an edge rusher type or just kind of go with somebody who is actually has a chance to be like a really, really special player versus just somebody who's just going to be solid and, and do well, but not really kind of hit the marks you're looking for in terms of like a first round prospect. Jim Coburn of All Pro Data, thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. I know you've got your draft guide coming up, and that's something everybody should check out because you can really get a look at all the data and the breakdowns and everything that we've been talking about at great length. And it's something that no one else does. This is a completely unique draft guide, and that's why I love having you on every year to talk about this stuff. Before you run, Tell people how they can find your work. Tell them how they can get the draft guide and how they can follow you on social media. Sure. Uh, Well, you can actually right now, the draft guide is already out. Um, It's at uh, patreon.com slash J Coburn, C-O-B-E-R-N. And a special thing this year is I'm going to have a deep cuts uh, analytics guide, uh, which is going to go over the players that, didn't go to the combine, went to the pro day, did really well at the pro day. And I think that's going to be a really important thing to look at once we get after the draft. So the deep cuts is really going to have players that probably are not going to get drafted. They're going to be players that I think may get drafted to people go, who's that guy? <laughs> Cause every year you're going to have a guy that gets drafted and you're like, okay, He wasn't invited to the combine. He didn't go to the shrine game. He didn't go to the HBCU. He didn't go to any of these things. And the, you know, it's like somebody the Seahawks would draft, right? That guide is going to have a lot of the information in there for that. And of course you can also follow me on Twitter at geometrics, J I M E T R I C S. If you want to follow just general things. And of course, a lot of stuff I do are very active on Twitter as well. Make sure you follow Jim on Twitter 
and check out his draft guide and the rest of his work because it's well worth looking at. And take a look at everything we've got up at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic film breakdowns of a lot of the prospects that Jim and I were just talking about throughout the show. So make sure you watch the videos and subscribe to our channel. If you haven't already, visit our store at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo. Logo shirt, mugs, caps, hoodies, it's all there. Tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.